Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Let's talk about that speech with Claire and Rachel. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Let's Talk About Speech podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Claire. And we're back for another episode. Just a reminder that you can find all of our brand new resource guides on our Teachers Pay Teachers account. So if you need to check that out, go to our Instagram and you can find the link there. So today on the podcast, we have Lauren Methan here with us, and we're so excited to talk with her. Um, we were just discussing that both Rachel and I are not in or are in very different settings than she is. Um, so we're really excited to pick her brain about head and neck cancer and really what an SLP does in this area. So Lauren, thank you so much for being here with us. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to share whatever I can with you all. Yes, absolutely. I'm sure we're going to learn so much from you. Um, can you first just give us a, a little background of who you are as an SLP and how you entered into this specialty area? Sure. So I finished my graduation and I decided, you know what, all of my training in adults, I wanted to try a little bit of pediatrics. And so I ended up in pediatric reading clinic for my clinical fellow year. And then I called my supervisor and I said, this was a joke. I made a huge mistake. Um, I need some help and I cannot be a speech pathologist in this reading clinic and only doing this the rest of my career. So I went back to adults um, that about one third left of my clinical fellow, I finished it in a skilled nursing facility. And there I met a dear friend of mine who introduced me to the acute care world. I started working PRN, acute care, and I stayed there for around 12 years, which is where in the acute care setting, I started seeing more and more late radiation associated dysphagia. And so as an acute care clinician, our role was very different than what it is now for me in the outpatient setting. Mm -hmm. But there I met an oncologist who was very passionate about head and neck cancer as well. And so I sort of chased him down while he was drinking his cup of coffee one morning at 515. <laughs> and I said, like, hey, the word on the street is you love head and neck cancer, and I love head and neck cancer. So is there anything we can do together? And he said, actually, Lauren, I'm starting a tumor board. So that was a beautiful journey. And that was about 10 years into my career. And so um, from that point on, really, I would say the last seven years of my career has just been building from there. So we, we started a head and neck cancer board and a tumor board with that uh, acute care setting. Mm -hmm. Slowly, I transitioned to ear, nose, and throat clinic and worked only in the ear, nose, and throat clinic. And then I branched off and just below them and opened my own private practice. So it's been a beautiful journey 
along that way. (laughs) Amazing. And congratulations to you. What a cool story from the lens of like taking that initiative Mm -hmm. in the beginning and just like following your passion with what you really want to do. That's so cool. So kind of going off of what you just said, Lauren, because our field is so big, can you talk a little bit about like what an SLP's role is specifically in head and neck cancer rehab? Because I am like so removed so far from that and like my everyday practice. So I'm just, I'm very interested. Yeah. So within the head and neck cancer rehab, there's even also avenues and pathways, right? So there are speech pathologists who may decide they want to work with lymphedema, or they may decide they want to work with laryngectomies, or they may decide they want to do both, or they want to work with trismus. But ultimately, the first and most important role that I would say we play are counseling and setting expectations for our patients in terms of what does their long-term outcome look like? So following head and neck cancer, a speech pathologist is really their friend for life. So I think that's probably the most important thing that I would say um, a day in the life as a speech pathologist with head and neck cancer is you are building that relationship and that trust, I think similar to all of our diagnoses, right? Like Mm -hmm. that's what we love and we really specialize in is building the trust so that the patient will comply with whatever we are wanting them to do for that rehabilitation process. And that's so interesting. You said that counseling piece. And I feel like I, I work with a lot of grad students and I know that Rachel does too. And I feel like we're constantly drilling that because they give us the feedback constantly that they don't have a lot of mm-hmm. education in counseling. So yeah. do you feel like that's something that you kind of learn as you go or how did you start to feel comfortable with that piece? I feel like that in this diagnosis in particular, Mm -hmm. in this setting, I kept hearing more and more of the mental health related challenges that these patients were experiencing. Mm -hmm. You're a part of their dietitian. I mean, eating and drinking and communication, all of those things are impacted with this diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And when those change, the quality of life in our patients change. And then guess who else is impacted? Their spouses, their children. So you are really playing a role sort of as a mediator of making sure that they have the right support in place and that they have, you know, that mental health component or whatever is needed in terms of their counseling piece. Um, But I think that we intermittently we're their cheerleaders and we have to find like where that patient's at. Right. So like none of us love to go to the gym by ourselves or, you know, work out alone or et cetera. Right. So it's always just meeting the patient where they are and then incorporating those tools to really be able to push that patient along and kind of keep that journey going. Absolutely. So I'm curious what, I guess, your favorite parts of working in this field are. And I'm also curious, because I know you said you were in a more acute care setting and now you're in private practice and maybe a little bit about um, how those are different and your favorite pieces in each and kind of how that works being in those different settings. Yeah. So I think I can answer those similarly. So in the acute care setting, the one gold standard that's always there that we love is the modified barium swallow study, right? Mm -hmm. So the moment you step out of your acute care setting and you want that modified barium swallow study, it's like, what? I I can't have that today or tomorrow, you know, so you miss that. (laughs) You definitely miss that. 
Um, the acute care setting also provides an amazing collaborative approach. I mean, you have your physicians at your fingertips. You know, there's the ear, nose, and throat physicians on call, the oncologist, your radiation oncologist, the whole team is right there, really, if you need them. And then you also have your multidisciplinary physical therapy, occupational therapy, your dietitian, right? So those things are amazing in the acute care setting. Those are things that I've loved, 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 and I will always love. In the private practice setting, you build those relationships. And in my town, we stayed, I stayed in, a, it's a smaller community. And so I still have all of those relationships and connections. And it's with the same cancer center and the same physicians, but everything's a little bit more delayed, right? So it's not as much of an emergency. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that in some ways, when I was younger and like really energetic and like, let's go, let's do it. You know, the mm -hmm. acute care setting fulfilled that for me, you know, it was mm -hmm. always really exciting as I started to get older and, you know, sort of developed my own family and kind of rhythm and patterns and wanted a little bit more of that balance, that work-life balance. Um, then for me, the private practice setting, I started to kind of fall a little bit more comfortable in that relationship. And yeah. so I think they both have pros and cons. Mm -hmm. My favorite is working with lymphedema in the outpatient setting. I mean, by far, hands down, I just love, love, love that piece because there's so many things we don't know. So there's always questions I'm asking, like, yeah. well, why is this? Mm -hmm. <laughs> or what's happening here? Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit what that looks like? Because I just don't even know, like working with what sure. you just said, just, yeah, just briefly, because so again, it's just not our real house. Yeah. So if a patient walks in, um, typically we are, we have seen them hopefully at time of diagnosis mm -hmm. and we followed them throughout the course of their treatment okay. and then following their treatment once they complete radiation. So typically mm -hmm. a patient will have anywhere from five to seven weeks of radiation, depending what the doctor prescribes. Mm -hmm. Once they complete that radiation, they're really sick of us. They're like, I want to take a break from everything and I need to heal. Yeah. So we don't see them for around six weeks and they come back into the clinic. And at that point, they're now six weeks following completion of their treatment. And we're starting to look for some of those signs of edema versus around that six to 12 week period, lymphedema will show up. And what it is, is, is swelling. And so that swelling can be present inside the throat. That swelling can be present externally. And some patients will say like, I have this turkey waddle, like, where did this come from? And, right. And it can also be patient swelling can be present in the face. Um, now internal, we assess them via a fiber endoscopic swallowing study or stroboscopy. So we have those tools in the clinic that we visualize them. Wow. So there are, yeah. So it is, it's sort of its own little, you know, can of, okay, I want to learn this. And I want to become skilled at it. I want to identify it. I want to treat it. Mm -hmm. But once you understand the impact that these patients are having, like, I think one of our latest studies is showing like 97% of patients following head and neck cancer treatment have some form of lymphedema, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's huge. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's huge. So once, once you feel those numbers, you're like, okay, um, let's see. And what are the impacts on speech and swallow? And how am I going to change their life? So it, it's all incorporated in that mm -hmm. session. Um, side note, as I'm listening to you talk, I'm like, can you believe we all have the same degree, but all work in like such wildly separate and different areas? Truly. I know. It's crazy. I know. <laughs> yeah, it is. And it's like you, and that's where you find those, you know, that niche, like later yeah. down the line. Yeah. Like yeah. the degree, I think that's one of the most beautiful things I love about our degree yeah. is you can really change your job. 
for sure. You know, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I think that helps for total side note, but I think that helps for people that like experience that burnout is like, you can take your same degree, same job, same, maybe even no experience and totally pivot and have something wildly different. So I guess going off of that, not necessarily burnout. And I know this is going to be a loaded question, but what would you say are some of your biggest challenges, like specifically in your position? Yeah. So there's, when it comes to my position, private practice is probably my biggest challenge. So we are an insurance-based clinic Mm. and that's sort of its whole own beast of its own, but, um, insurance takes up a ton of time and it takes a lot of understanding each of the plans and what's required to really be able to allow that patient to walk in your front door. Um, when we opened the clinic, I wanted us to be a community-based clinic. I did not want to turn anyone away. And so we take all forms of insurance all the way from Medicaid to Medicare and private pay. And so I think that's the challenge mm-hmm. um, when it comes to treatment and the patients, we're we love what we do. So, you know, those areas, like you just stay passionate and you empathize and you meet the patient where they are. And if your plan doesn't work, you change it. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, those, you know, those are the things, sometimes you want something for your patients that they don't want. And I think we would, we would all say that, you know, like you maybe want to see them, you know, once a week or twice a week and they want to see you never or once every, you know, six months. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, and Lauren, you are so like vibrating with passion about Mm -hmm. this field and this area. So I think it's just, it's really cool to hear. Um, and it's really inspiring because I think we, as SLPs, we all really are driven to help people. And, um, I think finding your, your area that you are super passionate about is so important. So I think it's amazing what you do. I agree with you. I agree. Like finding that, you know, it took me a while. It Mm -hmm. took me a while, but once you find it, you're like, Oh, this is why I come to work every day. Mm -hmm. This is why, you know, I listen to productivity standards or this is why I meet, you know, certain things. And it's those patients, you know, the ones you can make a difference with, you know, absolutely. Well, for our listeners, and we have a lot of um, like new grads that listen to us and those SLPs that are trying to find their place. Do you have any advice or takeaways about this area? If there are those that are interested in pursuing it? Yeah. Yeah. So if you're interested in becoming a speech pathologist who works with head and neck cancer patients, you can start that journey really by finding someone who is willing to just let you shadow and just follow along. Mm -hmm. The other thing you can do is you can be that like silly speech pathologist like me who chases down (laughs) the coffee physician, Mm -hmm. like, Hey, (laughs) you know, Dr. So-and-so I hear you love head and neck cancer. Right. So just allow your passion to be that when I approached that physician, I did not have anywhere near the knowledge and experience. I was not educated in lymphedema. I was not even certified or, you know, anything in terms of lymphedema to be able to treat it. And I didn't know how to drop a fees at that point. I mean, I'm 10 years into my career, you Mm -hmm. know, there are so many things that have happened in the last seven years Mm -hmm. that really, I would say like, you're never at a point where you can stop learning. 
So like, if you want to become a head and neck cancer speech pathologist, just start trying to follow those patients and jump in, jump in with the doctors, ask questions, make mistakes. And then the education is essential. You, Mm -hmm. You just begin attending. There are so many amazing courses. Just begin attending those courses and you meet people just like you and you meet mentors. And that's really where you start that journey. And I love the takeaway that it's never too late because you're right. Even if you have been working in the schools for 10 years or something completely different and Mm -hmm. you want to change it up, like Rachel said, it's not too late. You have your degree. You can take the extra specialty areas, um, courses to get yourself comfortable. It's, it's not too late. I love that. Yeah. And my, my patients have never said to me like, well, how many years have you treated head and neck cancer? Mm -hmm. You know, like, it's like, yes, you've been a speech pathologist for X number of years, but you know. I was pediatric for how many versus, mm-hmm. you know, and then you change, yeah. you know, yeah. so I, yeah, absolutely. I love well, that part about our field. If our listeners want to ask you any questions, we want to give you a second to let us know where they can find you um, or give any spiel that you want to kind of advertise for your practice. No, if they have any questions, um, I would say the best place to find me is on Facebook. Um, I am the owner right now of the ArcJ program, which is the Trismus program for radiation associated um, Trismus in terms of treating head and neck cancer. And so an email to arcjprogram at gmail.com is fabulous. They also, there are two Facebook groups um, in which they can find the ArcJ program group on Facebook or head and neck rehab on Instagram. So I'm on social media and I'm on emails off and on throughout the week. So that's a great place to find me. I have had some amazing mentors along the way. And without those mentors, I don't feel like I would be where I am today. Mm -hmm. So I'm a huge fan of helping, you know, other speech pathologists who are sort of interested in finding the journey. Like, where do I fit? Right. You know, absolutely. Well, we appreciate your time so much. I know Rachel and I have learned a ton from you. We could probably do a part two to like yeah. dig into some of the specific terminology and stuff. <laughs> to but, really pick your brain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we appreciate it, Lauren. Thank you so much for being yeah. with us today. And thank you for having me. It was awesome. Thanks. Thanks. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. You can find me, Rachel, on Instagram at Super Sweet Speech or on my website, speechissupersweet.com. And you can find me, Claire, on Instagram at kindly underscore speech or on Facebook on kindly speech. And then you can email Rachel and I, if you have any questions or concerns, we are let's talk about speech podcast at gmail.com. Thanks.